0: Today is June 18th, 2021, in our first story. A wealthy suburb of Atlanta has announced it will be seceding from the city to make its own jurisdiction due to rising crime. Meanwhile, the mayor is signing a bill to make all bathrooms, all gender bathrooms. Many of these cities aren't addressing the riots and the skyrocketing crime, and the woke zealotry is shattering this nation. In our next story, a scientist admits... People did not want to admit Trump could be right about lab leak theory because then people would think they were Trump supporters. That's right. Scientists were lying to us out of fear of being seen as Trump supporters. They hated the man so much. And in our last story, Joe Rogan slams CNN's Brian Stelter over not being a journalist and for having a terrible show, while Chris Cuomo gets dragged on social media for being a liar. If you like this show, please give us a good review, leave five stars, and if you really like the show, share it with your friends. It's the best way to help. Now, let's get into that first story. At this point, I'm sure most of you are already aware that crime is skyrocketing in major cities. It's led to a suburb called Buckhead to file for secession from the city of Atlanta to create their own city, their own police force. And it's not too dissimilar to what we saw in the Pacific Northwest with the greater Idaho movement or in Colorado, where one county is trying to join Wyoming. People are not happy with Democrat leadership. If there's one thing that ties all of these secession movements together, it's that Democrats are running these places and people don't want to be a part of it anymore. At least in Buckhead, It's not necessarily to form or join a Republican government. They just don't want to be associated with the failures that is Atlanta. And crime is just getting worse. I mean, in New York, homelessness is up across the board. Riots are still sweeping through Portland. And we are seeing what appears to be a crumbling of American society or cultural institutions. In Portland, the entire police riot squad has resigned from the team. It's got a lot of people worried because tonight there's supposed to be some kind of big Antifa riot, and there is there's literally no cops to come and deal with it. What can they do? I guess ask other cops that weren't originally on the team to join the team, but I just don't think it's working. There's a viral video out of New York of a man robbing an 82-year-old man stealing his cane, and then we get Mayor Lori Lightfoot. What happens in response to the massive crime waves? What happens in response to the failed leadership? Nothing but more failed leadership. Mayor Lori Lightfoot has just declared that racism is a public health crisis, and they're going to divert nearly $10 million from their COVID response to create equity zones in the city, (laughs) Yeah, because that's exactly what people are concerned about. Now, many people are deciding to secede just from their localities. It's not necessarily to the point where we're going to see outright secession, but at least in Ohio, one state rep is calling for a convention of states. All of these things, while seemingly different, are grains of sand that are forming the giant sand heap. That's a saying for those who haven't heard me use the analogy before. How many grains of sand make a heap is the saying, because at a certain point, you just know you got a pile of sand, but what, 10 grains, it's just scattered sand on the table. Each and every one of these stories is a tiny bit of the bigger picture. And on their own, they're not that big of a deal. I mean, some of these are. I mean, the suburb is trying to separate itself from Atlanta. It's the inverse of what we usually see. Small suburbs get annexed and eaten up by the bigger cities. When you put all these things together, what do you see? Cracks are forming. The United States is not in a good position. During the election, What with with Trump and Biden and, and the legal disputes we had, I think it was 48 states were involved in a legal dispute suing each other. Texas started it. I mean, that's crazy. And now we can see what's happening to the economy. We've got natural disasters. Man, I'm not entirely pessimistic, though. Hold on. Short term pessimistic, perhaps long term optimistic because the night is always darkest before the dawn. Perhaps this is some kind of realignment that we actually need. Perhaps people need that hard wake up call because these cities can't just keep doing these things forever. I will stress to you, when we hear about police brutality, when we hear about climate change, these are problems of big cities made by city folk who vote for Democrats. These are the people who need to have a hard reckoning as to what's happening and what they vote for. Maybe that will change the system and then they can learn to leave people alone. Well, I got a lot to talk about. Let's get started with this wealthy Atlanta suburb and why they are declaring they have I think they're outright saying they did secede, but they're hoping to get a referendum to make it official. Let's talk about this and then go through what's happening to these big cities and why Joe Biden. Yes, I know. Cliche, but Joe Biden is making it worse. Before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com, become a member and get access to our exclusive members only area. We had a great bonus segment with Michael Malice the other day. You know him. You love him. And we have recently brought on Cassandra Fairbanks to lead our newsroom, and we're going to be hiring many more people. We've already, uh, I I think, confirmed, made two or three more people join in the newsroom. Your membership doesn't just get you access to these podcast shows. It allows us to expand, hire more people, and do the real journalism and the fact-checking, and we will, and we'll do more. The more of you that sign up, the better. The more we are able to hire real journalists who do good work, and the more we will be able to report fairly what's really going on. So with that being said, let's jump to this first story. But don't forget, like this video, subscribe to this channel. And if you really think this work is important, please share this video. I think that uh, it's fair to say we here at Timcast deserve to get more views than CNN does. But they're being propped up by YouTube. What we can do is leverage all of you who believe in the mission in doing real journalism. If you really believe in this, please share. And and not just my content, anybody else's that you think is doing a good job. You have to actively share the content so that we can challenge the establishment. Here's the first story, as reported by the Daily Mail. Wealthy Atlanta suburb of Buckhead files divorce papers to split from the city and create its own police force after Jogger was shot amid skyrocketing crime rates. Now, this is interesting. They want their own police force. It's not too dissimilar to what we're seeing from this story from TimCast.com. Portland police quit protest response unit in response to officer being indicted. Cops across the United States not able to do their jobs anymore. So take a look at at Atlanta. Crime is skyrocketing. And what? I think it was Atlanta that uh, recently had a drive-by shooting. And the cops just watched it happen. In Portland, not only can the cops do nothing about the riots every night, they're actually arresting the police now. For doing their jobs. Now, we can argue they're not doing their jobs well, but come on, you throw a bunch of guys into a ride situation and say, deal with it. And then what happened was someone got hit. So they're like, OK, arrest the cop. Who would want to walk into that situation? You're going to be nuts. Well, here's the locals are saying in the Atlanta suburb, a leader in the movement for the wealthy Atlanta suburb of Bucket to secede from the city has blasted the mayor over rising crime in the area, saying a divorce is inevitable. Quote, we filed our divorce papers at the city of Atlanta and our divorce is final said Bill White, the CEO of the Buckhead City Committee, in an interview with Fox News on Thursday. White slammed Atlanta City leadership, including Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, accusing her of ignoring soaring crime in Buckhead and presiding over a demoralized and underfunded police department. It follows a shocking shooting in Buckhead on June 5th when a father of three, Andrew Worrell, was struck twice by bullets while jogging at around 835 a.m. He has survived. He survived and has since been released from the hospital to recover at home. They are just not paying attention to the crime. The leadership vacuum is substantial, White said of Atlanta's elected officials. I don't like saying anything bad about Mayor Bottoms. I'm sure she is a nice human being, but she has completely let our officers down, he said. Now, my friends, you know that I'm from Chicago. I bring it up every so often. And I can tell you this, some of the highest crime rates in the nicest areas. Now, how can that be? You'd think it's the poor areas that suffer the most in terms of crime, sort of, but not really. You see, the people from the poor areas go to the rich areas to rob people. So violent crime and robbery and possession crime, property crimes, they tend to happen in these wealthier areas. Now, a lot of violence does occur on the South Side due to gangs and honor attacks and things like that. But uh, I'll tell you this. I grew up on the South Side. Only time I ever got mugged, I was actually hanging out on the North Side And I was mugged by someone from my own neighborhood. It's kind of weird how that works, isn't it? So I'm not surprised that these wealthy individuals, wealthier, are saying, I don't want to be dealing with this anymore. Quote, they feel demoralized, underpaid, underrecognized, and being told not to fight crime in the way they would like to. We love the Atlanta Police Department, but we'll form Buckhead City with its own police department with significantly greater presence on the streets. A spokesperson for Mayor Bottoms did not immediately respond to an inquiry from Daily Mail. Bottoms, who was on President Joe Biden's shortlist of potential VP picks, has remained active on other fronts this week. On Wednesday, signing an order declaring all of Atlanta's city-owned bathroom all-gender. Now, that's exactly the kind of leadership we need. Good job, Mayor Bottoms. While a, jogging, a man jogging down the street was shot twice, the one thing we're really concerned about is bathrooms. Bro, I don't care about bathrooms. I really, really don't. If somebody wants to use a bathroom, go ahead and use a bathroom. We got serious crime. We got people getting shot. Oh, I see your priorities are in order. The crime spike in Buckhead so far this year has alarmed residents. Through last week, aggravated assaults were up 52% in the wealthy enclave, compared to a rise of 26% citywide, according to an analysis of police data by WXIA-TV. Robberies citywide were up just 2%, but in Buckhead, they're up 39%, while larceny from automobiles rose 40% in Buckhead and 27% citywide. Here's the proposed city of Buckhead. Amazing. Residents of Buckhead anticipate a referendum next year will allow them to secede from Atlanta. The boundaries of their proposed new city are seen above. That's uh, interesting. What are the limits? Buckhead is a neighborhood, basically. They say it's a suburb, but it's part of Atlanta. So what's to stop them from going to any other jurisdiction surrounding the Buckhead area and asking them if they would like to join this new city? I don't see why they couldn't. Now, this is different than the other secession movements. This is a city in a state. They don't need congressional approval to move between states. They could just potentially make a referendum and leave. My personal, my personal opinion on the secession movement is that a government requires the consent of the governed, which means if greater Idaho movement, uh, the, the east eastern Oregon votes to secede, and they did, then it's done. As far as I'm concerned, we operate under the consent of the governed. You don't just get to tell us you can impose your will on us. Law abiding citizens who pay taxes have the right to choose how they are governed. If they want to change, so be it. Granted, I understand Idaho gets a say in the matter. We'll see what they say. And the federal government has to recognize it. So there is some complication there. But I think as far as I'm as far as it goes with with Oregon, if the people say we no longer feel you represent us, well, then so be it. Check us out. Crime in Atlanta, year to date, annual change. It's it's getting crazy. The people of Buckhead have had enough, said White. The criminals here feel emboldened. White estimated nearly 80% of its community will vote in favor of the separation from Atlanta in a referendum expected to reach the ballot next year. Currently, a bill authorizing the referendum has been introduced in the Georgia House of Representatives, and the legislature will be able to vote on it in the 2022 session. So maybe, maybe we, uh, nothing will happen. We'll see. Many of these secession movements could just be the precursor, because I assure you this, if the people feel this strongly, they're not just going to stop. They're going to sit there and they're going to scream, and the sentiment will only rise. Now, in Portland, I can only imagine what's going to happen there tonight. The entire Portland Police Protest Response Unit has quit the team. Make this one simple, because we did cover this quite a bit. The entire riot response for Portland has resigned. They're still cops, though. They're not quitting. They're resigning from the team. They refuse to answer riots because one officer hit someone who said they were a journalist during a riot. And this officer got indicted over it. Imagine that. Now, what I find funny about this is the cops still deciding they're going to stay on as cops. Bro, maybe you should quit if they're arresting and indicting your fellow officers for doing what they were asked to do. Riots are not easy situations. I, I, I've I been in many situations Where cops have been very disrespectful, disrespectful to the press, but I think there's a a certain we can be reasonable in certain terms, right? If there's a large group of people and they're throwing bricks at cops, and you're standing alongside them, and the cops run up and shove everybody, including you, well, if I was a journalist, I'm not going to be like, oh no, why'd they do it? I'd be like, well, you know, I was standing with them, and they probably didn't notice. They may not have, or maybe they didn't care. The point is, it's hard to know for sure. Now, if you're a journalist walking around filming, and you're by yourself, and a riot cop shoots you the beanbag. Yeah. Okay. That's happened. That's scumbaggery. I was in Ferguson and I was wearing a bulletproof vest with a big press badge on it with a camera crew. And a cop goes, you can't come over here. It's press only. And I'm like, I'm, I'm pressed. And they're like, where's your press card? And I'm like, it, it, it's not a requirement to have a press card to be a journalist. And he grabbed the police patch, ripped it from my chest and threw it on the, threw it on the ground. The, I, I have big press Velcro. I'm like, dude, Activists aren't showing up with like uh, beige bulletproof vests and camera crews like this. They do walk around with, with cameras. And sometimes they there are activists pretending to be journalists for sure. But I've seen bad cops in these situations. Now, what are we getting? What What, what, what do we get politically as our country is fracturing at its core? This is one of the most shocking things I've seen yet. Mayor Lori Lightfoot declares racism a public health crisis in Chicago. It's literally killing us. No, it isn't. This is evil. This woman is an evil human being, dividing people, stealing money from the COVID fund. Evil ideologues stealing our resources. Why are you all funding your own oppression? It's a good question, right? It's asked by Lauren Chen, CBS Chicago reports. Mayor Lori Lightfoot on Thursday declared systemic racism a public health crisis in Chicago, saying disparities in access to effective and affordable health care, the impact of racism on the mental health of people of color, and the subsequent difference in life expectancy is literally killing us. At almost every point in our city's history, sadly, racism has taken a devastating toll on the health and well-being of our residents of color, particularly those who are black. Question, uh, which political party has run Chicago for nearly 100 years? The Democrats and people keep voting for him. Corruption. That's the only thing I can say. Lightfoot said, without formally acknowledging this history and reality, and the continuing impact of, what inf- of, of that infamous legacy, looking at the root cause of today's challenges, we will never be able to move forward as a city and fully provide our communities with the resources that we need to live happy, vibrant, and fulfilled lives. The mayor made an announcement in the North Lawndale neighborhood near the site of where Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., And his family lived for six months in 1966, joining a campaign against racist housing policies in declaring racism to be a public health crisis. Lightfoot joined several other cities around the nation that have made similar proclamations. Crime skyrockets. And what do we get across the country? I'm telling you, man, if you're not paying attention, our embassies are flying Black Lives Matter flags. It is a cult racial identitarian ideology, and you will not want to live in this system. And if we don't speak up, stand up, and say no now, it'll be too late. Unfortunately, I don't think the people of Chicago are going to do anything because most of them are probably just cultists. They're probably in the cult. They don't care about politics. They don't care about policy. They don't care about the suffering of the innocent. They simply care that orange man is bad and Trumpists are bad and the other is wrong. Republicans are awful. That's it. You'll notice that when talking to the media, they say Republicans all the time. They don't seem to talk about us, disaffected liberals, intellectual dark web types, the politically homeless. Just the conservatives over and over and over again. Yeah, just Ben Shapiro. Well, other people exist too. Yeah, this is what's happening. Lightfoot, the city's first black woman mayor and first openly lesbian mayor, noted her parents grew up in the segregated deep south and both had dreams that were never realized, largely due to the attitude of the 1920s. She said her mother wanted to be a nurse and her father wanted to be a lawyer. Yeah, I'll tell you uh, what I find particularly interesting. My family went through similar things and they do not believe in what's being espoused here racial identitarianism was was rejected by my family two generations not Lori Lightfoot nope here we go Chicago Department of Public Health Commissioner Dr. Allison Arwadi said the death rate from diabetes among blacks is 70 percent higher than non-blacks in Chicago the homicide rate among blacks in Chicago is nine times higher than among non-blacks black infants are nearly three times as likely to die as non-black infants Black people account for half of the city's residents living with HIV and opioid-related overdose deaths among blacks is more than three times the rate among non-blacks. There is nothing natural about these statistics. They are unjust and they are preventable. Arwadi announced the city will allocate $9.6 million in COVID-19 relief funds from the U.S. CDC to establish healthy Chicago equity zones, six geographic areas covering the entire city. Community groups in each of those six areas of the city will lead efforts to come up with targeted strategies to improve community wellness. City officials have chosen six organizations to lead those efforts in each of the six healthy Chicago equity zones. Amazing. They say the far south, near south, north central, northwest, southwest, and, uh, and, and west zone. Ayasha Jocko, executive director of West Side United, said the goal is to decrease the life, to decrease the life expectancy gap between the Loop and West Side, which currently stands at 14 years by half by 2030. I grew up in Chicago. I know all about it. There are very poor white areas. Why don't they get access to um, um, this equity money? Why, why is the, the mayor taking money and allocating it towards minorities, specifically the, the black community in Chicago? I would not want a white person to do that for white people. I would not want the, uh, for, uh, uh, an Asian person to do it for, for Asian people class is the problem. Now, there are a lot of poor areas of Chicago that are predominantly black, but there are also some poor white areas as well. If we focus on class, we make sure we don't leave anyone behind. But you know what? These people don't want that. These people want racial disparity. As I was told during Occupy Wall Street by a young black woman, an activist, she said, it's our turn now. Your turn? Yeah, that's the way they view it. The only problem Yo, not everybody is, is part of the group of people that was oppressive to you. There was a guy in Alabama, and I think it was in Georgia, crossing state lines, targeting white people just because he hated them. Yeah, that's bad. Racism is bad. Violence, we don't want that. Well, people like Lori Lightfoot and these other uh, bottoms in, in, in Atlanta, they're racial identitarians. They want this. They want more of it. They want racial segregation. Kendi, Ibram X. Kendi has said he wants to reinstitute racial discrimination. That would mean they need to overturn the 1964 Civil Rights Act. But don't be surprised if they actually push for it. New York is just getting bad, man. Cane thief demands cash from 82-year-old NYC coffee buyer, shoves him to the ground. That's messed up. I saw this video absolutely messed up. These cities are being run into the ground. Daily Mail reports New Yorkers demand action as 8000 homeless people remain in hotels in Midtown where crime has spiked 170 percent and mayoral hopeful Andrew Yang says residents should be able to go out without fear of being attacked. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe a, a mayoral candidate should, should, would be able to, would have to say that you should be able to live here without being victimized. Are you implying that it happens to basically everybody? It happens a lot. It's getting worse. And these mayors aren't solving any of these problems. I like Andrew Yang. He, has a very comp- he had a very comprehensive uh, campaign uh, position, policy list. I was impressed by it. Not a big fan of the UBI thing, but he seemed to have a lot of good ideas. I'm not entirely convinced he's going to solve these problems. I'm not convinced that just having perma- a permanent Democrat supermajority in all of these cities is ever going to solve anything, because they will remain to be beholden to the political party. Now, things may change. But as I mentioned, these are all fractures in the United States from the Advertiser Tribune. McLean to introduce Convention of States Resolution. State Rep. Reardon McLean said he and State Rep. Craig Rydell will introduce legislation next week designed to rein in the federal government. The size and scope of the federal government have long been unsustainable, and we have waited long enough for Congress to fix itself, the second term lawmaker told the Advertiser Tribune. McClain and Rydell will propose a constitutional convention take place where like-minded lawmakers from all 50 states would meet and propose and potentially adopt changes to the Bill of Rights. The legislation complies with Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution, McLean said. An Article 5 convention of states. Right now, the Republican legislatures uh, in the states, Republicans control uh, just shy. I think they need, uh, they don't need that many more states. They have many of them, but they need a handful more states. So I don't think this is going to have any, any, any big impact. But my question, I suppose, for you is, do you think it ends here? Do you think that this story is just a one off compared to everything else that's going on? Or do you think in the next two years, next four years, six years, do you think that more and more people will start getting angry as the left continually loses its mind, shrieking and screaming, stealing taxpayer funds to put uh, ideological symbols in streets and on, on, on our embassies? This is not a popular movement. Black Lives Matter, Antifa, these, these, these things, they're not popular in the sense that they have a minority, a fringe minority of support in this country. In 2018, the number was 8%, eight, and yet they're stealing taxpayer dollars to, to paint the streets without approval, and people are upset about it. So what happens when Republicans, who apparently now have just raised record amounts of money, stage a comeback? What happens when 38 states have Republican legislatures and the Convention of States kicks off and that's it? And they make that big change. It may come. Quote, the road to this end will be long and arduous, but the task at hand is critical to to the sustainability of this great republic that we share. McLean serves District 87, which includes Wyandotte, Crawford and Morrow counties, as well as portions of Marion and Seneca counties. In the Ohio House of Representatives, he serves on three committees. This is the sixth piece of legislation that McCain has, has been a primary sponsor of in 2021. None have moved past the House yet. So maybe it goes nowhere. Maybe this is just, a, a, a unfortunately, a feeble attempt. Maybe it's just the beginning, because I can't imagine things are going to get better. Now, I'm not going to harp too much on this point, but we are seeing a very, very serious crisis in California, a massive drought, historical CNN reports a ranch is running out of water in the West's historic uh, drought. In 85 years, it's not been this bad. California produces a lot of our food. There's already food shortages. Now there's a massive drought in California. I think things are going to get a lot worse. And I think what we need is a big push away from these big cities. But to all the people who want to live there, why don't you keep your cities and leave the rural folk to their rural lives? You know why? I got a garden, I got chickens. We're getting solar panels installed. We got our own water. We don't need to live in your big city with all of your problems, with all of your pollution and your grime and your slime and your corrupt cops. So you say, I don't need to live that way. I can be responsible for myself out in the middle of nowhere, and I can rest, uh, I, I can, I can rest my head easy, sleep well, knowing I'm not contributing to any of the problems you claim are happening. The left likes to come out and claim that the right wing is a bunch of fascists. Bro, the right is predominantly in rural areas where they mind their own effing business, They have their own houses. They they have everything. Like a lot of these houses are off the grid to a certain degree. Off the grid in the sense where they have their own power. They have their own water. They have their own septic systems. They're not the ones pumping out the trash, destroying the world. That's you in the city. So I imagine it'll get worse. It's not just the drought. It's a natural disaster. I can't blame anybody for that. But check this out. Great resignation wave coming from companies. Really? That's right. Axios reports, companies that made it through the pandemic in one piece now have a major new problem. More than a quarter of their employees may leave. Workers have had more than a year to reconsider work-life balance or career paths. And as the world opens back up, many of them will give their two weeks notice and make those changes they've been dreaming about. The great resignation is what economists are dubbing it. Okay. So what happens when our economy retracts by 25 to 40 percent because everybody quits their jobs? fastgrowingtrees.com dot com code pool offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. What do you think happens? Um, maybe the government intervenes and starts throwing money at people again like they've been doing, which leads to even worse inflation. And the government has to throw more money at people because that's uh, what they've been doing. And then you look at what's happening with BlackRock and the buying up of all these homes. Let me put it this way. Those of us who are anti-establishment, be you a politically homeless individual, a disaffected liberal, a centrist, a moderate Republican, conservative, whatever, we must win. Because if we don't, then what happens is authoritarian takeover of the United States. It's happening already. Like I mentioned, a small fraction of zealots, ideologues who are violent, have been stealing, have been seizing institutions, have been stealing taxpayer dollars. They're getting away with it. But I think there's 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 a reason to be optimistic. In the event that we cannot defeat the cult and the ideologues that are supporting the establishment, see the seizing of property from the working class. And and in, in, and stealing COVID relief funds for their weird race programs. In the event we don't stop them, peaceful divorce is still on on the tip of many people's tongues. Many people have talked about it, and when we see these local jurisdictions and counties now voting to secede, it seems like in the next four years it could become a much more serious movement. And at the very least, what may end up happening is, okay. Maybe the cultists can keep their big cities, and then the United States fractures into a bunch of different local jurisdictions, and it's bad for the world in a lot of ways. Maybe China then moves in and takes over, but at the very least, it's better than living under the boot of the cult. Take a look at this story from business I'm sorry, from Bloomberg. America should become a nation of renters. The very features that made houses an affordable and stable investment are coming to an end. Bloomberg says the numbers paint a stark picture. After peaking in at 69%, The homeownership rate fell. Blah 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 blah. Yes, this is an article from Bloomberg saying we should all be renters. Several articles have have come out recently saying millennials hate owning homes. It's really weird. Let me tell you, millennials, you want to own property. If you buy a house and you've got a and you're like, I can't deal with maintenance and the insurance. This is ridiculous. I don't want to deal with this. I want to move. It's easy. You call a rental management company. They take over. They cover repairs. You don't even think about it anymore. They, they get someone to move in who starts renting. That rent money goes towards paying off the mortgage. You get a, you get a cut that, of that rent. So a small percentage will, percentage will go to the management company. So why tell people not to own property? Think about this story from Bloomberg Opinion. Why become a nation of renters? I mean, somebody owns the property. Who is it? BlackRock? Pension funds? Banks? Yeah. Because when you don't own anything, well, that's what they said, right? You will own nothing and you'll be happy. You'll have no way to transfer wealth to your children. And I think this is what we can expect unless we stand up and say no. People who live in the middle of nowhere, people who live in rural areas, as I mentioned, aren't the ones destroying the planet. So why should they not be able to own their own property and transfer to their children? Why should this right be uh, be, be given to massive multinational corporations? Now think about this for two seconds. What's the logical conclusion of a nation of renters? Imagine if no one owned any property. It was owned by massive multinational corporations. One day there is a crisis and a lockdown. Again, people can't pay their rent. So when there's a massive debt accruing and they can't pay, hmm, what if the government just says we're going to seize up all the bad loans and buy into these properties? And now the government buys the debt from the business in a bailout. BlackRock buys up all the houses, right? People can't pay their mortgages because they lost their jobs, because they're resigning in mass or because they just don't want to work or because of a pandemic. Now BlackRock's sitting on a bunch of bad debt. Oh, no, we're going to collapse. And if we do, the economy goes with it. The federal government comes in and says, we're going to bail you out. But that means we own a percentage of all of these homes or we buy all of them. Now you officially live in government housing. No, we don't want to be a nation of renters. We want to be a decentralized network of capable, personally responsible individuals with the right to keep and bear arms and express themselves. That keeps us strong. This is an authoritarian takeover. As for these cities. These are the fissures, the cracks, the spider webbing of forming in the glass. Maybe, as I often say, it all just ends here. And next year I'll be like, wow, everything's back to normal. I don't see why that would be the case, though. The cracks don't just heal themselves they get worse. But maybe, right, I can't see the future. Maybe this is the peak. Maybe, maybe we're now going to go right down the back end of that bell curve and it's going to go back to normal. I kind of don't think so. I think crime is going to get worse. I think the mayors are going to introduce more zealotry. People are going to reject it. And instead of solving the crimes, Atlanta is going to be changing bathrooms or something. Oh, then you're going to get more secession. Cities will be breaking apart from cities. States from, you know, fractions of states will be in battle with each other. But eventually the U.S. just shatters. Not a good thing. Not at all. But we have no cohesive culture and we have a bunch of corrupt Democrats running too much. The Republicans are pathetic, in my opinion. But the Democratic establishment, the neocons who joined them, are evil. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash TimCastIRL. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. The crackpot governor of New York is willing to kill you because he doesn't like Donald Trump. I'm not exaggerating. He put sick COVID patients in nursing homes, killing around 15,000 people. Let me say that again. Cuomo killed about 15,000 people. He was advised that putting sick sick people in nursing homes would kill people. And he was like, well, what's the alternative? Make Trump look good? The man hated Trump so much, he was willing to let you die, your friends die, your family die. Now we have a story from The Hill. Harvard scientist says Trump hatred motivated experts who denied Wuhan lab leak theory. At the time, it was scarier to be associated with Trump And to become a tool for racists. So people didn't want to publicly call for an investigation into lab origins. I'd like to give a standing ovation to all of these psychotic individuals that were willing to let people die. Just so that they would not make Trump look good. How how incredible is that? Now, we have this story from The Hill talking about Trump hatred. But can I just point out, do you think the Trump hatred is gone? Do you think that Brian Stelter, the crackpot trash anchor of reliable sources on CNN, is changing his tune? Do You think Chris Cuomo on CNN has decided to turn a new leaf? No, they haven't. They just started pointing the finger at Marjorie Taylor Greene, Tucker Carlson, and Trumpism. The same stupid, psychotic, paranoid delusions are driving the exact same thing. So what are we supposed to do? When it comes to news about our health, when instead of my doctor telling me what's right for me, they start talking politics. I had a, we had a, uh, I don't want to reveal too much private information, so I'll, I'll I'll stop myself. But some of the people that we've talked with on IRL podcast have mentioned that when they talk to their doctors, the doctors give them political opinions, and they have to remind them, "Doc, I'm looking for a medical opinion." Oh, and the medical opinions are very different. Yeah, because people are scared they're cowards. They fear that if anyone thinks they're a Trumpist or an other, it'll be the end of their career. Grow a spine. But people want, so people fear loss. It's creepy. But this story should be a warning to each and every one of you. The Hill reports. A Canadian scientist and Harvard postdoctoral associate said she and fellow colleagues feared vocalizing support for the Wuhan lab leak hypothesis out of fear that it would be viewed as akin to holding potentially inflammatory views espoused by former President Trump. Not, it's not just that they were like, well, Trump said it. No, they thought going against the narrative in any way would make them a Trump supporter, just like Colbert did to Jon Stewart. You see that one? Jon Stewart said lab leak theory makes the most sense. I don't know if it does. I, I should say, I think it makes the most sense. I don't know if it's true. Jon Stewart very much alluded to, like, what else could it be? And Colbert said, when did you start interning for Ron Johnson? These people are psychopaths. They're cultists. Look, there, there are, are creepy conspiracy people on the Internet who support Donald Trump, but you can disagree with them. Colbert, well, you're a Republican. Why? Because I disagreed with you on some news story? Are you nuts? Yes, they are. Okay. Alina Chan is one of 18 experts who signed a letter in May calling for a thorough investigation into the origins of the coronavirus. But prior to the letter, Chan told NBC experts were cautious to lean too close to the former president. Quote, At the time, it was scarier to be associated with Trump and to become a tool for racists. So people didn't want to publicly call for an investigation into the lab origins. Please, my friends, share this. Please show this to each and every one of these people who thought they were right and they were high and mighty. Show this to each and every one of these people who are like, John Stewart's espousing hateful speech. Many of these people are cultists, so breaking someone out of a cult is very difficult. But I'm sure, you know, many regular people, friends and family who just don't know and believe stupid crackpot BS. Here you go, friends. A scientist came forward and said, well, we just didn't want to look like we are supporting Trump. So we lied. Everything they were saying last year. I wonder how many times these stories can prove to be false, that the media can lie and get away with it. And these psychotic cultists just keep going well, I'll check CNN and see what they they have to say. I'll give a special shout out to uh, Bill Burr on the Joe Rogan podcast when he was like, Joe, I, I just turn on the TV every two weeks. And and, and they say, We're, wear a mask, I'll wear a mask. Congratulations. That's the kind of stupidity that gets us in, in this mess in the first place, that you don't take any responsibility for your own community. I just turn on the TV and say, what do you got to tell me this time? Well, what they were saying was orange man bad. Therefore, anything from the orange man we will deny and say is wrong. I love it. A news study comes out from TechCrunch talking about a potential new treatment for COVID. And Donald Trump come, comes out and he goes, there's some great news. Frankly, I've seen it. It's, it's wonderful. Uh, things may be improving very soon. And then the media immediately flips and says it's fake news. Trump's lying. What? Yeah. Lab leak. Something that scientists Fauci had talked to even said it it may be a lab leak. Even Fauci himself says he's not entirely convinced it was natural COVID. And we went through a year of denying everything simply because they hate Donald Trump. This isn't the most infuriating thing to me. I mean, we know we know they do this, but think about the destruction they have wrought on our society, on our country because they are whiny pathetic, spineless cowards that couldn't just say it. I love it. I think it was Matthew Iglesias, formerly of Vox, who, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. It might have been Ezra Klein saying liberals can't give Trump one day, one day after Trump took out the leader of ISIS. They were attacking Trump and criticizing him. And it was like, what (laughs) the dude just took out the leader of ISIS? This horrible monster of a human being. And they attacked Trump for it. They attacked and they couldn't give him one, not one, because they are in a cult and they don't have principles. They are not here to help you. They are here to demand you bend the knee to whatever stupid whims they are dealing with today. They're like going to say the lab leak theory, which hypothesizes that the novel coronavirus accidentally leaked from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, has gained traction in recent weeks circumstantial evidence, including a Wall Street Journal report that three researchers at the Wuhan lab fell ill in November, challenged the conventional theory that the virus jumped species naturally. This has led to President Biden and other world leaders to call for further investigations. Chan cautioned, however, that despite emerging calls for fresh investigations, there is not a singular piece of evidence that definitively proves the lab leak theory. And I I think that's fair to say. Fair point, madame. Now we don't know for sure. Uh, John Stewart went on Colbert's show and just said, when the virus leaks, maybe you look at the lab that deals with these viruses. When the story first broke, I said, look, it's entirely possible that if you tell me there's an unsanitary wet market and the virus emerged from it, I think it's plausible. And to be fair, when you've got a biosecurity level four lab, I think it's more likely that a virus would come from an unsanitary market than a level four security lab. You know, it's like. Where are people illegally entering the country? Not the places that have walls. You you get my point? Like, the places that don't have the walls. So we build the walls there. However, some new information began to emerge later on. One, we're learning now that bats weren't even sold, apparently, according to, I think it's the Guardian, a study. Bats weren't even sold, or pangolins, in the wet market. Okay, it's a bat coronavirus, but bats were brought to be studied for coronavirus. You see, these things change. And I think it's fair to point that out and say, we're not sure, but it's plausible. But they just said, no, it's not true. It's a conspiracy theory. And the media kept lying, lie, lie, lie nonstop for a year. And there are just really dumb people that turn the TV on like Bill Burr does and just says, whatever the TV says, I'll do. Well, one of these days, the TV is going to say, why don't you go walk off a cliff? And they're going to be like, I turned the TV on. It said walk off a cliff. So I did. Now my legs are broken. How's that working out for you? They say, I know a lot of people want to have a smoking gun, Chan told NBC. It's more like breadcrumbs everywhere, and they're not always leading in one direction. It's like the whole floor is covered in breadcrumbs. But the Harvard and MIT credentialed expert believes last month's letter opened the door for fellow scientists to step away from fears of guilt by association, adding that the letter might offer credibility to alternative theories. I think it had a big effect, Chan told NBC. I think it literally helped all those people who wanted to investigate this by saying, this is not bogus. Top scientists think this is plausible. This is what we get. This is the, the, the politics that we are, are dealing with. This is the fracturing and the collapse of the US. I know, maybe a little bit hyperbolic for subject matter, but come on, think about it. You've got people who will literally set fire. Okay, okay. Who will figuratively set fire to our institutions, to our country, because they hate a guy. That's it. We've had bad presidents before, dude. Chill out. They don't care. These are people who would watch you die in their hatred of Donald Trump. These are people like Cuomo who sat back and was warned. If you put the sick people in the nursing homes, you will murder people. And Cuomo looked them in the eyes and said, I want them dead before I make Donald Trump look good. These people are sociopaths. Cuomo literally murdered these people because he did not want Trump to look good. And now this and and now we get more stories like this, Alina Chan. But we were so worried people will think we supported Trump. Then every single one of these dead people can be on you. And let's talk about the dancing nurses and doctors. Yeah, I said last year they were dancing on the graves of the victims of COVID, and the left got so mad they're just trying to relax themselves and release steam. They were in hospitals. There was a video where a woman was like, "I need help." Is this why we can't get any help? And she's filming the doctors do this stupid shuffle dance. Like, there's a woman in this video. She's filming herself saying, "Please, we need help," and they're dancing around. This is the uh, the United States has beclowned itself. These people are clowns. Watching them dance through the halls of a hospital. There was one video where they were carrying a fake dead body that had like a toe tag on it. And I was like, what is wrong with these people? Yet they make up a large amount of the voting base and they vote for lunatics and despots and psychopaths. And this is the country that we get. I'm sorry, I'm just really mad the more I see this. You know, this the story about Andrew Cuomo murdering all of those people. He is a serial killer and he's gotten away with it. He's gotten away with it. I mean, they're investigating. We'll see what happens. But I do not believe this this mass murder, this serial killer, Cuomo, is gonna face any justice. I just don't see it. Sorry if I'm pessimistic after seeing stuff like this. Let's talk about the weird stupidity that's currently going on in this country from timcast.com make sure you check out timcast.com become a member we had an article bruce springsteen requiring vaccines for new york concerts but fans who took astrazeneca jab are banned this episode is brought to you by shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage no matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. What? Okay, wait, wait, wait. If you got the wrong vaccine, you can't go to the concert? I'm not a doctor or anything, but my understanding is that you can't get more than one of these vaccines. Uh, Go talk to your doctor for your health recommendations. Don't get it from me. But let me just say, my my understanding is if you got the AstraZeneca, you can't go then get Moderna or Pfizer or whatever. Okay, so what do you do if you got the wrong vaccine? (laughs) Oh, Isn't it great? I, I don't know. I guess you'll never get to see Bruce Springsteen again. And I don't think you'll probably care all that much. Sure. But there are probably a lot of people who are having a rude wake up call right now where they're like, wait a minute, I, I, I'm vaccinated, but I can't go to this concert. Nah, no, sorry. Wrong one. Cassandra writes for TimCast.com, Bruce Springsteen fans are required to be vaccinated to attend his upcoming New York concerts, but you're out of luck if you receive the AstraZeneca jab. The musician's five night run at the St. James Theater will only be open to people who have received vaccines that are approved by the FDA. That's Moderna, Pfizer, BioNTech and Johnson and Johnson. Or the pfizer Biotech is one vaccine. At the direction of New York State, Springsteen and Broadway and the St. James Theater will only be accepting proof of FDA-approved COVID-19 vaccines. The Standard reports that Canada, Canadian fans have expressed disappointment as the country is just hours across the border with 1.7 million people having already been given the Oxford-developed vaccine. The Toronto Star newspaper reported on the policy with the headline, Burn in the USA, writing the show must go on but if you got the AstraZeneca vaccine, you're not invited. On Tuesday, people who are skeptical of the vaccines protested outside a Foo Fighters concert in California that banned unvaccinated fans. Quote, Dave Grohl is an ignorant punk who needs slapped for supporting discrimination. No violence. Get out of here with that stuff. Former child star Ricky Schroeder wrote in a Facebook post on Sunday referring to the Foo Fighters singer, Ignorance comes in all shapes and sizes. Kurt Gobain is laughing at you, Dave, along with millions of patriots, fool. Uh, I wouldn't call Dave Grohl a punk. This is the opposite. This is like establishment. Schroeder was present at the protest. The AstraZeneca vaccine has come under intense scrutiny because of a number of people who have taken it suffering a very rare form of blood clotting. Forbes reports that it has now been restricted in Australia, Italy, Greece, and more. I think it may have been reinstated. I'm not entirely sure. And I want to stress it is very, very rare. Uh, look. I've warned about this uh, many times in the past. We don't want to fall into the situation where media manipulation and panic causes us not to think clearly. You always want to get your medical advice from your doctor and not from sensational clickbait garbage. But you need to understand something. These media outlets, everything they see that can shock and scare you is money to them, so they will go after it. I don't do videos on every single adverse reaction to the vaccines. I have no problem mentioning that they exist They are rare, but they do exist. And there's a lot of interesting data coming out. You can check it out from uh, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System and uh, the latest CDC data. But again, it's ultimately about you going to your doctor, making a sound and informed decision with a medical professional and not someone on the internet or not someone from CNN or whatever. What ends up happening is you'll get a bunch of news outlets that know these shock stories will get clicks and they'll make money off them. So that's why you have to be careful. If A hundred million people get the vaccine and a hundred of them have an adverse reaction in a specific way, like a rare blood clot. That's a ridiculously low percentage. Keep that in mind. Now, if you ultimately decide it's not right for you, whatever, that's entirely on you and you should have sound information. Just be careful because there's something like you don't want to make the mistake of, you know, people will go on Twitter and they'll see 30 tweets at them all complaining and think everyone's yelling at them because they've not experienced this before. Or big corporations will get 100 emails saying, you know, you're a bigot. So they'll panic and then issue a statement, not realizing that out of the million customers, they have 100 ain't that much. But I think people should have, should be able to make informed decisions and be able to look into this news without, without fear of censorship and talk to a doctor and make sure the doctor is giving you a medical uh, advice, not political advice. Several countries had opted to allow the cheaper vaccine for younger people, but it turned out they were the group with the highest risk for clots. The Forbes report added that regulators have repeatedly emphasized the safety of the AstraZeneca vaccine and underscored that any benefits outweigh any possible risks. It's a tough, uh, a tough call when it comes to vaccines, for sure. I was talking to a guy at the CDC a long time ago, and he, and he, and he said, uh, it was one of, one of their experts. He's like, look, you know, there's a lot of people who make very far-fetched claims about vaccines. There's been a lot of, you know, conspiracy theories. And he said, vaccine injury is a real thing. Of course it is. Like any medication, there's going to be side effects. And what happens is people hyper-focus on these, these like handful of moments, because maybe it's a decent amount of people, but how many, how many people have gotten the vaccine? It could be a you know, hundred million and we get a thousand people who are sick. And it's like, so that's like 0.1%. It's very, very low. But the challenge, he said, was that if we're looking at a like two percent mortality, or a one percent, or even a point five or point two percent, then what we're really trying to see is there's a hard decision that has to be made. Encourage people to get vaccinated. Tell them the risks and mention if COVID has a point two, you know, risk rate, and this one's a point one. Well, you're cutting your risk in half. It's a it's it's tough. It is, and so that's the, the general ideas. You know, how, how do we actually solve these problems when there's always going to be some kind of side effect, but it may be the side effects, you know, uh, they say are they're, they're trying to outweigh the risks properly. I'm not a big fan, uh, ultimately of you know the idea of the needs of the many outweighing the needs of the few because that that allows essentially a despot to target an individual and say you are a problem that could affect millions an individual human who has knowledge of some conspiracy well they decide we'll get rid of you because your knowledge could disrupt society or whatever and I'm like you can't do that to a person you know individual rights exist for a re- uh, they right they exist they just they do and they're protected for a reason so it is challenging but I do think people should be allowed informed uh, it should be informed consent. They should consent to the medication. They should talk to a doctor, get sound advice, get a second, third, fourth, fifth opinion, however many you need. I, I think that's, that's fantastic. I think you talk to a bunch of doctors and you'll, you'll hear from a lot of people. Surprisingly, doctors will, will be honest with you. Some of them will be as woke as anybody else and give you political opinions. If you start hearing politics and in, in from the doctor, just go get a second opinion because you want medical advice. This is what it ultimately comes down to. When they're talking about scientists refusing to accept the truth or even question the narrative because they don't want to be seen as associated with Trump, you have to be careful because doctors are people too. You need to be careful because this woman, this scientist is saying outright that, well, if it weren't for Trump, they probably would have approached this very differently, but they did not want to help racists. Trump's not a racist. Trump supporters aren't racist. Some racists are Trump supporters. I love it. There's that meme. They're like, not all Trump supporters are racists, but all racists are Trump supporters. And I'm like, no, they aren't. Have you ever talked to a bunch of these, a bunch of these racist people? There was, there, there was a bunch of prominent racists who are complaining about Trump. Stupid fake arguments. You know what, man? I suppose this is the, uh, if people aren't willing to stand up and push back and challenge lies, then we get, the, we get the country we deserve. Right now, there is a large faction of people in this country People who voted for Joe Biden, who don't care about what's true, what's honest, what's factual, and what will help you. They just don't want to be seen as a part of your group. Well, then this country falls apart. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Ladies and gentlemen, we got ourselves a two for one deal here. Not just one CNN personality, but two. Chris Cuomo challenged the Internet to name one time he's ever denied facts he didn't agree with. And of course, the Internet went nuts, laying out all the times the dude has uh, rejected reality. Well, Brian Stelter is getting roasted by Joe Rogan for not being a journalist. And this is this this is just great. I, I, I love you love to see it, right? Now, Joe Rogan is not a, a political scientist. He is not, the, the, you know, a, a political, political personality in the sense that he's actively involved in forming policy and going on journalistic shows. He's a dude with a podcast, talks a lot about DMT, if, you, if you've watched his show, and he's coming out slamming Brian Stelter, saying, hey, mother effer, you're supposed to be a journalist. That's right. Why? Because Brian Stelter is not a journalist. Well, maybe Joe's wrong. I don't think Brian Stelter is supposed to be a journalist, at least in the perspective of CNN's mind. They're looking for a bombastic personality who fits a certain narrative that they can use to make money. Now, I wonder how long Brian Stelter's show will will remain on the air, considering it ain't doing all that well. But let's be let's be real here. A lot of people don't seem to understand that even though Brian Stelter's ratings are in the gutter and CNN across the board, their ratings are in the gutter. Their ratings are still up from where they were before Donald Trump. Media was aflame it was collapsing. So Ryan Stelter's ratings may be way, way, way down. He's still doing all right for his show, at least compared to where he was a few years ago. And I'm sure the people who are, you know, uh, running the books at CNN know that. But the dude's not a journalist. And to pretend that he is would be to just lie. Now, by all means, the left is free to criticize me and call me a pundit or commentator. And there is some journalism I do. But yeah, overwhelmingly, I do commentary. I know that. However, I do think it's fair to to uh, say that I am a journalist and Brian Stelter is not. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I actually make phone calls and, and call for quotes and issue corrections. Brian Stelter just makes, just, he just lies. He just goes on his show and he just lies. He watches Fox News all day. That's his job. Now, perhaps in some parallel reality, there could be a position in which I would be doing something similar, maybe. The reason why that's not reality, this reality at least, is that I'm watching all of the media, including Fox News, and I'm critical of the media as a whole. Brian Stelter serves as this kind of doppelganger, bizarro media critic who actually stands in the front of all of the massive media conglomerates and attacks one individual channel for the most part. Well, here's a story from Mediaite. Rogan tears into Brian Stelter. Hey, mother effer, you're supposed to be a journalist, they say. On Thursday's installment of the Rogan Experience, speaking with Kyle Kalinsky, Rogan referenced an unspecified segment on CNN about the popularity of many YouTubers and podcasters who in some cases receive more views than large cable networks such as CNN. I love this because last night on TimCast IRL, go check it out on YouTube. We had Michael Malice. And he mentioned that, you know, on CNN, they did this segment where they were really mad that many podcasts are getting more views than they are and how, how concerned they were. <laughs> That's CNN, terrified their ratings are in the gutter. So we were talking about similar things that Joe was talking about. Quote, this is because the market has spoken and your show's effing terrible, said Rogan, addressing the ratings battles. Brian Stelter's show keeps slipping and slipping and slipping in the ratings. Same with Don Lemons. It's the same thing. Everybody knows they're not real. They're not real humans. Uh, Yes, can confirm. Brian Stelter did this really ridiculous PR stunt where he's like, some changes are coming to, uh, uh, to Don Lemon. This will be the last episode of Don Lemon Tonight or, or, or to, to, what was it? It was called like Tonight with Don Lemon or something. And he was like, and I just want to say it's been uh, wonderful here and I'm grateful to everybody. And they're like, oh, oh, is, is Don Lemon quitting? And then the next day they were like, we just changed the name of the show to be like, it's Don Lemon. Dude, Don Lemon is like the worst person on TV. There was one point where he won the award for worst journalist of the year. Because the dude is just awful. He's wrong all the time. I mean, look, CNN, if you go to CNN to get information, then you're getting the opposite of information. At the very least, when it comes to like Fox News, you get Brett Bayer, who does a pretty good job. CNN as, as a whole, as their whole network, has desperately tried to just milk going after Trump. Now, of course, Stelter and the likes of many of these uh, leftist critics or, or Democrat critics. They will say Fox News is a propaganda arm for the president, blah, blah, blah. And Brian Stelter would be like, it's state-run media. It's like, dude, there's like three shows on, on Fox. There's their, it's their primetime lineup. It's like you got Tucker Carlson, you got Laura Ingraham, you got Hannity. Is that it? I guess you've got uh, the five, Jesse Waters. But then you have throughout the day, Fox News is just news. What does CNN do? Throughout the day. CNN during the Trump presidency was just panels about Trump, 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 Trump. It's all they did. And they wanted to act like Fox was bad. Now you get Brian Stelter licking the feet of Saki. What are we doing wrong as journalists? Just tell us how to do our jobs. Well, that's what got uh, uh, Joe Rogan uh, enraged. I don't know if that's the right word, but to criticize Brian Stelter. Rogan also torched Stelter for his recent interview with White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, in which he asked, what does the press get wrong when covering Biden's agenda? Critics panned Stelter as fawning, bootlicking, and gooey, among other imaginative descriptions. How about Brian Stelter talking to the press secretary saying, what are we doing wrong? What are we doing wrong? Like, hey, mother effer, you're supposed to be a journalist. Rogan's harsh remarks may have been prompted in part by Stelter mocking him last month for suggesting that he could be canceled by woke culture. Stelter said that on one level, it's just comical hearing this rich and famous guy express worries, even though he's paid to talk for a living, he's going to be silenced in the future. This is an unfortunate side effect of being smart. Uh, and I, I'm not talking about Brian Stelter, I'm talking about Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan went to Spotify And uh, one of the reasons we're seeing a lot of people trying to get away from YouTube is the threat that YouTube will delete your account. They'll just purge you. And they've done it to many people for BS and fake reasons. YouTube is not a safe place to run your business. I can already hear people saying, but Tim, you're on YouTube right now. Yes, this is also on iTunes and Spotify and all podcast platforms. And of course, we've been pushing Timcast.com very, very hard. Go to Timcast.com. Become a member. We got a newsroom started. Cassandra Fairbanks has begun writing articles for us, and we're going to be hiring a bunch of people, and she'll be helping run that show as editor in chief. And uh, you'll also get access to exclusive podcast episodes because YouTube is not a safe place to run a business, let alone speak truth to power. There have been numerous instances where my videos have been removed. This is Brian Stelter's big lie. One of his big, I mean, the dude just lies all the time. Like, you couldn't get an, uh, uh, like, Brian Stelter's the kind of guy where like, you're, you, it's like that family guy joke where you're standing in a room and then he farts. And then Brian's other looks around and It was you. And you're like, I, I'm, I know I didn't. I, who are you lying to? I don't get it. The dude's lies sometimes are so stupid. You're like, who are you talking to? I guess the morons who watch his show and believe what he says because they don't read news elsewhere. Well, there you go. If you don't take responsibility for your news diet, so I'll give you one really good example that I love to give when it comes to Brian Stelter. He's the guy who said, don't don't watch the other shows. Only we can give you the context. I'll do the exact opposite. My friends, please watch Kyle Kalinske. I think we have some political disagreements, but please watch his show. Understand what he thinks. Maybe I'm wrong. Watch Joe Rogan. Watch uh, David Pakman. Watch Steven Crowder. Watch Sticks, Hexenhammer. I always encourage people. You got to get a healthy and, and, and complete news diet. You can't just watch me, although a lot of people prefer to That's part of the problem. I don't know. I, I, I get it, though. I get it. Like some people come back to me and they're like, Tim, I tried watching, you know, one of those leftist channels. It was awful. And I'm like, well, but you got to know what they're thinking. It's about it's about understanding and having perspective on, on, on the world. And uh, I agree. You know, a lot of the content I see from many of those channels, I, I think is just wrong it is what it is. I will say one thing funny, though. The leftists really don't like me. These young guys are like, Tim's far right. But when I actually have conversations with real leftist personalities, like the honest ones, they're like, we can't figure out what it is you are or do. You know, you talk about news, but you're clearly not a conservative. You're not necessarily defending liberals all day. And it's like, I don't know, maybe it's like principles. Maybe it's like uh, journalism. The left is really mad because I rag on Democrats all the time. But shouldn't I? The Democrats are the political wing of leftist establishment culture the Democrats are the party of the ultra wealthy. Republicans sit on their hands and do basically nothing. They're speed bumps for Democrats. So when the left controls all of the cultural institutions, when the left now controls the Senate, the Congress and the presidency, what am I going to complain about Republicans for? Oh, I know the lies when they're like, Republicans are trying to suppress the vote. Oh, they're not. That's stupid. Some of them may be for sure. But what's happening across the across the country, you have these these voter bills. They're basically just reverting the emergency provisions. But of course, when the media lies to defend Democrats and neocons who have joined the Democrats, they'll then point the finger at me and say, see, he's supporting Republicans. I don't know. Maybe it's just true. Maybe you guys should stop, sit down and take a look in the mirror and realize you believe fake garbled trash. And because of that, you can't imagine that, you know, other people may be telling the truth that you might actually be in that bubble. Take a look at my, my blind spot rating from Ground.News. I mostly interact with left-wing news. I read left-wing news all the time. They lie all the time. Years of Russia. This is what we get. Here we go. Quote, they're obviously being told a certain amount of what to do, said Rogan of Stelter and cable news generally. And I mean, maybe he'd be an interesting guy if he had his, if he had his own effing podcast. If he could just rely on his own personality and be himself, I don't know. I can't imagine doing that gig. Any of those guys. That gig is a strange gig. That is true and correct, Sir Joe. And then we get this story, which I absolutely love. Check this out. Name one TikTok. CNN's Chris Cuomo asks Twitter to name times he's denied facts he doesn't like and gets mercilessly ripped apart on social media. I tweeted something. Uh, I'd like to just say, Chris Cuomo, you are evil. No, uh, it's not a word I use lightly. You are a villain. When, when uh, a reasonable human being reviews history from this era, they will say that Chris Cuomo guy was one of the darkest and most evil individuals, and, and, and we wonder why he did what he did. Well, perhaps it's the banality of evil. Perhaps it is the reckless uh, uh, d- uh, desire of power. That, you know, drives Chris Cuomo to be such an evil villain. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm giving him too much credit to say that he's an evil villain, but he certainly is the bad guy. And I'll tell you why. First, he outright pretended to be in quarantine. It was fake. It was reality TV. This was a man going on national news, pretending to do news, pretending to be in quarantine. He wasn't. We know he wasn't. He apparently admitted it on his own own radio show. Witnesses saw him. He had left his house and he got into a fight with somebody. And then he talked about it on his own show. And then it's amazing when when CNN refused to acknowledge the whole thing, Chris Cuomo walks up out of his basement, going, here it is. I'm finally out of quarantine. And I remember people mentioning like you can see his son in his son's face and his son just thinking, my dad is a scumbag. And I don't know what his son was actually thinking, but people have pointed out like the, son, the, the look on the son's face when you see Chris Cuomo walk up the stairs pretending to have been in quarantine. What do you think Chris told his son? Son, I know that I haven't been quarantined because you were out with me when we went when we drove a half an hour away from the house. But uh, we're here to lie. We're here to control the population and make sure they don't have access to information because we're smarter and better than everyone else. Yeah, that's called being the bad guy. The good guys are the ones who are like, let me inform you. Let me give you information to the best of my ability so that you can choose for yourself. There's despots, there's authoritarians. And let's not forget Chris Cuomo going on TV with his brother and laughing about the giant Q-tips while his brother was like actively murdering people in nursing homes. Yeah, that's true. You see, they warned uh, uh, big brother Cuomo, the medical professional said, if you put sick sick COVID patients in nursing homes, they'll die. And of course, Trump sent the Mercy Hospital vessel and the Javits Center was open. But Cuomo was like, I'm not going to give Donald Trump a victory. I'm going to make sure 15,000 elderly people die. And his brother was like, yeah, yeah, Andrew, kill all those old people. And then we'll laugh about it on TV. Talk about the most vile and disgusting scumbags. 15 or so thousand. That was the estimate, right? Andrew Cuomo could have put sick people in the Javits Center. Instead, he said, well, we don't want to make Trump look good. Just kill 15,000 people. Think about what that means. He was warned not to do it. He did it anyway. So assuming it's true that he did it because he didn't want Trump to win, these people are willing to kill you. Chris Cuomo is the little brother of the man who did that. And he was the guy on TV violating every known journalistic ethic by making a mockery of it, laughing about it, essentially providing cover as his brother murdered people. And then he lies. It's what he does. In fact, let me show you a bunch of the the, the things people are saying. Here we go. A random Joe says, pretty much anything related to your brother's governorship. Fair point. Drew Holden, Rebecca Jones, the lies. Carol Markowitz says, you broke quarantine while actually sick with COVID. Chris Manning said, your brother killed thousands of nursing home residents. Dale Dobek says, remember that time you left your basement with COVID and actually got into a fight with someone? So there are a bunch of other ones like on Twitter. I don't know if they have them pulled up. Here we go. DeSantis did a better job than Andrew. You push Rebecca Jones' lies, telling your brother to claim he was the target of cancel culture. You claim the GOP wants Jim Crow. You didn't know 1A protects peaceful protests. You claim Fredo was an ethnic slur. Remember that? He got called Fredo. He was like, that's like, that's like the N word for Italian people. Talk about a hot headed scumbag. Someone said Cuomo spending all day demanding people show proof and ignores the dozens of people that show proof. Enjoy the ratio. How about the any of the 400 stories related to Hunter Biden, says Tom Elliott? I don't think this tweet is going so well. Chris Cuomo is just absolutely one of the worst of the worst. But is it surprising to any of you? Not surprising to me. Chris Cuomo is not here to help the regular working class Joe. Joe uh, Chris Cuomo is not here to help regular Americans survive a pandemic and make it through their day. He's here to cause maximum harm. That's the, that's the, um, there's a, there's a journalistic ethic called minimize harm or I should they're called. It's like one of the journalistic ethics is to minimize harm. It means I'll give you an example. If I, I'm going to report on a story, let's say there's a woman and she lives, uh, she's an old lady and she's posting things on Facebook. And it turns out the posts she was interacting with were like made by Russians. So, to minimize harm and get the story out, what we would do is we would go for an interview with the old woman. We wouldn't show the old woman, we wouldn't show her home. We would just say, We recently spoke with a woman. In i think i can't remember if it was minnesota or whatever who had been posting thing posting things on facebook that are alleged to have been from the russians her response was that it was not true you could you could you could blur house so you could show only the audio the point is you don't need to reveal the identity of some random little old woman to tell the story in fact you could just blur everything and uh, change the audio or just relay what she said instead cnn literally went to the home of this woman and showed everything she's just a little old lady that's maximizing harm. It's one of the anti-journalistic ethics that we see from people like Cuomo. They want to maximize harm, meaning they want, they want to make sure people suffer the most through what they do. So, for example, when Antifa is uh, break, smashing windows and setting fire to buildings and Black Lives Matter along with them, Cuomo said that they're, they're, they're just the good guys. They're fighting hate. He lied. Why? he's trying to maximize the amount of damage. If people knew what was actually going on with the riots, they might actually demand change. But believe it or not, there are a lot of people. I know some of these people. And I say, you know, hey, the riots all last year. And they go, what riots? Uh, the, the, the Black Lives Matter riots, the George Floyd riots. What are you talking about? The, those are protests. No, 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 no. I, I know there were protests. I'm talking about when they went and burned down all those, it caused $2 billion in damage. What, what are you talking about? That never happened. That's the goal of people like Cuomo to maximize harm. They want to make sure that information is obfuscated, that individuals can't choose for themselves and defend those who would seek to destroy their neighborhoods and burn down their buildings. CNN are the people that want to make sure that they'll publish publish your face, your place of work, your age, your phone number, whatever. There was one guy who posted a meme. It was of Nancy. I think it was of Nancy Pelosi, where it was like slowed down. It's just some regular guy who worked in a warehouse and CNN published his name and information. I, th- I think it was CNN. I could be wrong. That's maximizing harm. The goal of maximizing harm is to make sure that people know their place, that you shut them down and say, we will destroy you if you dare defy us. That's Cuomo. He's a villain.
1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: I find it fascinating that you actually have people who are watching corporate oligarchic press and then saying that random guy in his basement on YouTube, he's the bad guy. Okay. Maybe there are some bad people sitting in their basements on YouTube, but let's, I mean, if I'm going to be biased, I'm going to say, look, I think the massive multinational billion dollar corporations, probably not the good guys in any story, and regular people speaking out and expressing themselves, more likely to be doing it based on principle. But this is amazing. This is what happens. It's stunning to me that you actually have people that think they're fighting the good fight by standing with, uh, with Goliath and not uh, David like you are standing with the authoritarian powers. You're not standing with the little guy. You are not la resistance. You are, this, this, you are, the, you are the SS. Like you're the secret police. You're the Gestapo. The people who watch CNN are, are, are like standing uh, walking in lockstep with the authoritarian crackpots who would seek to destroy their lives. It's amazing, though. You, you, when you stand outside the matrix and you see the, how the game is played, the market manipulation to steal from the poor to make sure they always stay in their place, it, it is fascinating in some sense because although the system is far from perfect and we have these nasty villains and disgusting people like Cuomo, you still have upward mobility, though they are trying to destroy it. Now they're saying millennials don't own homes. Great. Now Joe Biden wants to implement a new tax, which uh, will, will uh, be a tax in the middle class, especially in the next few years. And they're telling people it's not. No, 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 it's a wealth tax. Don't worry, it's a death tax. It's all lies. They're just trying to make sure poor people can't move up. They want to create a permanent nobility class in this country. And they're doing it. And it's thanks to people like Brian Stelter and Chris Cuomo. Because they think, you know, and they're they're probably right, they're going to be the wealthy nobles of that new era. They get paid well. They get whatever they want. They don't care about you. They would prefer that you suffer. These are nasty people, man. Nasty, nasty people. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.